In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today we celebrate the Holy Apostle Evangelist John. We need to take ourselves back over 2,000 years ago and see a teenager fishing on the Sea of Galilee with his brother James. I'm sure they talked about it day after day, the hope of the coming of the Messiah. And the baby started to cry right in the middle of the homily. That comes with perfect timing. But the, the joy of Christ coming by to a young teenage boy, probably 15 years old, and he talked with his older brother James about this, this Messiah coming. And they, they understood that John the Baptist had come back from the desert and he was preaching the gospel of repentance. And all of a sudden, this man comes by the boat and he says, follow me. And they immediately put down their nets, turn to their father Zebedee and say, Dad, we're going to be with the Messiah. Of course, they didn't articulate it that clearly then, but they knew this was the moment of their life that was going to engage them in this powerful relationship with the Messiah. John, the theologian, the evangelist. He was of the select three of the apostles, Peter, James, and John, present at the raising of Jairus' daughter, taken to the Mount of Transfiguration where he saw the Lord transfigured, and was with him at the Last Supper and was able to place his head on the Lord's breast right before his crucifixion. And throughout the Gospel, you always hear John referring to himself as the one that Jesus loved. The one he was probably the most tender with. Of course, he was a teenager, a young boy, a powerful life a powerful moment in the history of Christianity. He was one of the ones that stayed with the Lord. All the other disciples deserted him at the crucifixion except John. He stayed with Mary. And the Lord on his cross turned to John and said, Behold your mother. And to the, the mother of God, Mother, behold your son. And from that day forward, John took care of her. We were so fortunate uh, when we were traveling in, 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 uh, in uh, Greece to go to Ephesus, where the mother, mother Mary, her house was, where John took care of her. It was a very powerful place. Um, and so he makes this effort to continually preach the gospel and care for the mother of God. And he gets kind of in trouble, as many of the apostles did, with the emperor and the emperor tried to kill him, poison him, put him in boiling oil. None of that was uh, successful. So John, we'd also call him a confessor. A confessor. And so he was exiled to Patmos where he converted the island, uh, which we were again fortunate to be at. 
uh, he converted the island to, uh, to Christianity. And uh, was, it was a powerful uh, time on the island because not only did the gospel get written, but also he was given the revelation in the cave uh, up on the mountain on Patmos. John wrote three letters, the gospel text and the book of Revelation for us. So his words are very much a part of our life as Christian people. He lived to about 100 years old and died in, uh, uh, and died in Ephesus. Uh, where he spent, did many, many uh, years of work to raise the church there. He was uh, the only apostle that died naturally. So, what do we learn from the apostle's words today? He says several things. First, we love because he first loved us. He loved because he, we, he first loved us. You know, I was one time, I was sitting with uh, Bishop Benjamin at a, uh, maybe you know him, he's a joyful man uh, and uh, great sense of humor. And uh, we were sitting at a, uh, a banquet and I'm sitting next to him and he goes, Father Nicholas, do you know what these people need to know? And I thought it was going to be some really heavy 10 minute conversation, he says, they need to know that Jesus loves them. Do you know that Jesus loves you? You wake up in the, in the day and, and have that sense, God loves me? Because when you have that sense, you can love back. When you don't have that sense, it's very hard to love back. How much does God love you? How much does God love me? You know, there's a great story that kind of pictures God, how much he loves mankind. The father is speaking to the son. He says, you know, we're going to create man. And man's going to give us trouble. <laughs> and then he's going to give us more trouble. And then more trouble. So much trouble that you're going to have to become man. And the trouble is going to be so great that you're going to have to give up your life for him. You're going to have to shed your blood and break your body for the sake of man's salvation so he can overcome this corruption that he will bring into the world. Are you willing to do this? The father asks the son. And the son says, I love man. I am willing to do this. And then the father says, let there be light. All of it started with love started there. So God loves us enough to become man for us, to condescend, to come down from heaven, to take on humanity, to become one of us, to suffer with us and for us, to engage this life that we have, to, to come alongside of us, not just from afar, and that's the beauty of God. I remember Father Thomas Hopko saying, I would not believe in a God that would allow man to suffer and then not come alongside of him in his suffering. We need to understand that when we suffer and when we struggle, Jesus stands next to us. He understands our trouble. He understands our suffering. That, that's so critical for us to engage the sense of love, to understand his love. 
And he not only comes alongside of us in that way, but his body broken and his blood spilt is given to us every Sunday in Holy Communion. The medicine of immortality is given to you out of love, God's love for you. Out of God's love for you. And when you sin, he gives you the gift of repentance so you can confess and be freed from the sin and begin the process of healing. So does God love you? Does God love you? You know, every day he gives us opportunity by the good things he gives us to, 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 and he teaches us thanksgiving. Do we thank God enough? I know I don't. He gives us the opportunity to have sins revealed to us as we stumble in this life. The sins that we need to confess so that we can become perfected are shown to us that we might repent so that we can be perfected. And he gives us difficulties. He gives us difficulties so that we can have our strength, our, our faith can be strengthened, our love for him can grow, and we can, have a, we can live with a courageous spirit all these things he gives to us. God does everything, beloved, every day, 24-7, to save you, to bring you back to paradise. He doesn't stop that. That's his, that's his way with us. So, does God love us? He does everything he can to bring us back to him. Everything. He spares nothing, not even the life of his son. So we, we, we have to engage this and, 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 and embrace it with a joy. God loves me. So I can begin to love back. So next, St. Saint Saint John says, If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So, now the rubber meets the road. Do you love one another? Do you love one another? That's the Christian battle. Because God puts us in a church. He puts us in a family. He puts us in a community so that we're going to rub against each other. Did you know you're like a rock that's got rough edges? You know how those rough edges get rubbed off? They've got to bang into other rocks. You know, you, get, you take a rock at the top of a mountain and it's all jagged. And when it comes down that river all the way to the bottom, how's it turn up? Smooth. All the, rug, all the rugged edges are rough. You need each other to bump into you. You need people to bump into you. You need people to offend you. You need people to step on your toes. <laughs> Why? Why? Because you, you have rough edges. God says, love those people. Learn to love those people. And your rough edges come off. You know, we would just as soon avoid that. I don't want to be offended. I don't want that kind of struggle. We don't stand in line for that. But it comes because that's how our life is perfected. Our life is perfected with each other. 
I, I'm looking around here. I probably offended everybody in this room. At least once. Not you. Well, I'm coming after you then, David. I'm one of the best offenders of anybody you want to see. If you haven't been offended by me, I'm coming after you. So raise your hand. Gianni, I've gotten you a couple times. I know that. We have to have this. We don't like it. We don't like our rough edges knocked off. But we have to have it. God wants us to be smooth rocks, not jagged. Not jagged rocks. So you, we need to understand this. This is where the rubber meets the road for us. To God loves us. Take that love that God has for you and then love others with it. Has God forgiven you a multitude of sins? Say yes. Yes. Can you forgive others a multitude of sins? Say yes. Yes. That, because that's how he works. That's how he is to you. So we have to engage this life that way. It, it's, it, it's in a sense very simple, but then the difficulty is to do it. To learn that when we're offended, this is a good thing for me. I need to learn to forgive. I need to learn to be humble. I may need to learn to even take blame. It may be 90% their fault, 10% my fault. It may be 99-1. Can you take the blame there? Can you bow your head in humility? And there's a great story of a nun that masqueraded as a monk. Uh, due to some problem in her, fa in her life, and she was accused by a young girl of impregnating her. She was dressed like a monk. <laughs> so this young girl, Theodora, said uh, nothing, accepted the charge, and took the baby and raised the baby for seven years. Left the monastery and raised the baby for seven years. Took the blame. So can we do that? Can we be that humble sometimes and, and dive deeper than the other person? Can we win the competition of humility? Can we be more humble than the other? So in this work that's so important to us, it says finally, he who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. So the final place for us is that if, if we know God loves us and we're loving him by loving each other, then that love of God abides in us and we abide in God. And you know what your life will become? It will become a life of peace. When you abide in God and a God abides in you, your heart, your soul is at peace with all people, with yourself and with God. So that's our goal. Our goal is to understand God loves us, to love one another with the love that God loves us, and then to abide in him so that our life is peaceful. And that we then fight and struggle to preserve the peace, that love that we feel for God in us. And anything that comes into your life that disturbs that peace, you ought to reject it. Any thought, 
that disturbs that peace should be rejected. Any word that disturbs that peace should be rejected. Any action, deed that disturbs that peace should be rejected. So we begin to live a life with this as our barometer. That that peace that God has placed in me because he loves me and that love that I nurture brings a peace to my heart that I preserve no matter what. So thoughts that come, to, that, that come at it, I, we were talking about this with the clergy, I hold those thoughts captive. I don't let them in. And if they get in, they get in, I reject them. I become a warrior against my, the evil thoughts. And the same thing with words and deeds. I begin to examine my life in relationship to that peace, that love that God has placed in my heart. And then it says, then that, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, for, for, uh, we, that fear casts out, that love casts out all fear. For then we, then we have a confidence to live a powerful, joyful Christian life. So may God today implant in you this deep sense that he loves you, that he cares about you, and that he's doing everything in your life to bring you to him, and that we struggle and fight this good fight to love one another, to forgive each other, to rise ourselves above the pettiness of resentments and anger, and that we too truly will abide in him, that he will abide in us, and our life will be a life of peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd like now to bring up all the children for a blessing for uh, the school, all the children, let's go kindergarten uh, through uh, college. We'll have them all come up here for uh, their blessing, and also I would like all the uh, teachers to come up too. Can you get that book over there?